You're listening to Gaslights, a podcast about everything that captures your imagination. Welcome to Gaslights, my name is Gary. On some level, everyone is fascinated with what happens after we pass away. Is it all nothingness? Do we go on? Are we in another realm or on a separate plane of existence? None of us really know. Some people believe in reincarnation, the idea that we come back as another person. And the possibility of that leads us to a conversation about past lives. Perhaps we've all been here before, maybe several times over hundreds or thousands of years. My guest today knows a bit about that. During her childhood, she began obsessing over silent films for no discernible reason, until one day, she discovered the young, tragic starlet she used to be. Her story was featured on the A&E series, The Ghost Inside My Child. Amy Pierce, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Before we get into your actual past life, let's talk about those initial feelings of being different. What do you remember about that? Well, I didn't feel that different growing up because um, I kind of was just, my mom was a medium, so I kind of, I didn't grow up thinking that anything about me was weird or anything about my feelings were strange because it was just so normalized in my childhood. I guess I thought, I think it was around eight or nine and kids at school would talk about the little rascals but i would talk about a different little rascals than they would be talking about they would talk about you know the 90s movie and i would talk about the silent era of the little rascals and that was kind of the first time that i noticed okay i'm i'm a little bit different i i'm i'm more drawn to the older movies than what like the typical kids were watching. I I wanted to watch the regular silent Little Rascals and not the 90s version. I used to watch the Little Rascals when I was a kid. Oh, it's my favorite. I still adore it. A number of years went by and then all of a sudden you started watching silent films and you sort of developed this affinity for Jack Pickford. What do you think started that? Well, what started it was the Olive Thomas biography. Um, I, I don't know how I got into Olive. I somehow found out who she was probably through the Amsterdam haunting or probably something like that. I learned who Olive was and I saved up with my birthday money that year. I think I was 11 or 12 and bought the book and I didn't really know anything about Jack, but reading the book, I was getting really angry kind of thinking like, man, why is she being so mean to this guy? Or like, like, this isn't true. Or, you know, like what, this doesn't seem right. And I, I got so angry and that kind of started me knowing that there might be something more to it to have such a reaction to this guy that didn't seem like a great guy. I I knew that like, this just doesn't seem right. Like she doesn't know him kind of feeling. And that's kind of what started it. And so you go from that to plastering your walls with pictures of Jack Pickford. And I do remember your parents saying, or at least your your mom saying, that maybe it wasn't the best person to have on your wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
shortly after, I, you're looking through stack of photos, old silent film photos, and you come across a, a photo of a young actress named Lucille Rickson. What were your initial thoughts going through your mind when you came across this photo? Well, I came across the picture of her on a silent child star kind of website where they had child stars throughout the years. I was probably doing something with like the Little Rascals, just looking at child stars of the 1920. And I saw her photo with the date underneath 1910 to 1925. And it, it sounds odd, but it was almost like an exciting feeling because I finally figured it out. You know, like I finally got to the the point of that's who I was. Like, I can't explain what I, how I knew it. It just made sense when I saw her photo and there was only about two or three photos of her at the time on the internet. It was before Michael Anchorage did his blog post on Lucille that initially kind of started the whole rebirth of Lucille, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just, I just knew that there was something with her and I had like this out of body experience and it just made sense when I looked at her film career, she kind of, she was in the Edgar series and that was kind of the little rascals before the little rascals. And and then seeing that she did a movie with Jack Pickford and it just all made sense and the tragic death and I was obsessed with I think that went hand in hand with the Little Rascals thing because you get a lot of tragedies out of out of those kids too um, and I knew the tragic ones um, I, my parents kind of called me the encyclopedia of the Little Rascals I can still name when they died what year how old they were um, it just made sense with the tragic death and Lucille was very close to her mother and I'm extremely close with my mom. There was just a lot of parallels. You have some memories of her as her. Yes. What are the strongest memories or the ones you can now remember about your life as Lucille? I don't remember them as vividly as I did as a child and that's something I wish I would have worked on more because it is pretty typical. Um, I would be really fascinated to see other kids from the show um, where they are now because they would be teenagers, be most of them. I'd be really curious if most of them, if any of them still have memories or can remember things from their past life. I wish I would have tried to stay in that mindset of remembering things. But as a kid, I, I remembered a lot of like the glitzy stuff. So like dresses, the dresses that she wore, the shoes that she wore, kind of those aspects I remember a lot or as Lucille. I think because those would be the probably the most fun aspects of her of her life was dressing up. So you had like flashes of imagery. Yes. Just to jump forward a minute, you know, you did mention Lucille's tragic death and the way it's been reported is that she died of tuberculosis. What do you believe Lucille died from? Because I don't think you feel it was tuberculosis. No, I think it added to it, maybe. It just doesn't fit. I got more into the research phase after the show, into Lucille's life, just to kind of validate everything that I felt and 
she had a lot of visitors on her deathbed and that just to me if she had tuberculosis like why would she be having all of these people like girls if they were having boy issues would go and talk to her on her deathbed because she made them feel better and that doesn't really I don't know why they would you know if she's that sick why are all these people coming to talk with her I definitely believe something more sinister happened definitely abuse that added to it she was overworked um, she was lent to every film studio which I find a little bit odd she really would work for different companies all at the same time which that wasn't very common at that time so I don't know why she she was kind of just lent out all over and everybody wanted to work with her it's kind of bizarre and then she just kind of disappeared but me and Connor of the Lucille Rickson Foundation we we believe that Sid Chaplin definitely had something to do with it, but that's just something that we'll never have concrete proof of. The marriage certificate with those two, or the marriage announcement and the billboard, I mean, that's pretty damning. So the, the feeling is, just from the reading I've done, the feeling is, is that Lucille died after complications of a botched abortion. I believe so. Yeah, that's always been my feeling. Your belief is that Sid Chaplin is the one who initiated that? Yeah. We were curious, like, how did this start? Like, how did the rumor start? Because there was talks about a botched abortion online before anyone even did biographies on her, where there would be no bits of information except for there's a rumor that she died from an abortion. And Like, where did that even come from? you know, for it to get, make its way onto the internet. I think it's hard not to get into like a little conspiracy rabbit hole with Lucille because whenever we did our research, just weird complications with her pop up. Um, movies that are, that survived of hers, her name isn't on them or they have it under the wrong name or they don't have her name only on it. And even on Sid Chaplin archives, sometimes just her photo is removed from a memorabilia item when the rest of the actors of that movie are on it, but Lucille's face is cut out. Like weird things like that, that is kind of like, is that kind of a little bit of symbolism of him? And he saved a lot of stuff of Lucille's. I think the Chaplin Foundation or like the Chaplin archive website, they have. Ch Sid saved clippings of Lucille so there's there's obviously something and he was divorced or he was separated from his wife at the time that he was supposedly married to Lucille I mean everything just really links up but I mean we'll never know so you had an opportunity to fly to Los Angeles um, and I know you met with Michael who wrote a book in which Lucille is featured pretty prominently and as part of your trip to Los Angeles, you visited Lucille's old home, and you also got over to Forest Lawn to visit her niche, where her ashes are kept. What was that process like for you to come face-to-face -face with Lucille's final resting place? It was really overwhelming. It was a beautiful experience because, it, well, it took us at least an hour to find her urn we could not find it we were getting lost like it was just it was just really difficult to find her urn and 
once we found it, the sun, it was just the, it was the perfect time of day. It's almost like it was just, we were meant to take our time to find her urn. And what got me was her urn is the only one that's tilted towards the window. And the sun was shining completely just onto her urn. And it was just so beautiful um, and, and just overwhelming because it, it kind of just solidifies that, you know, she was an actual person. It's not just this figure that we can research. She was actually here on the, on the physical planet for a while and we still have bits of her on the physical planet. But I, I love her spot and I, I love going back there. It's a very calming place. I have been in Forest Lawn Glendale and it is very, very easy to get lost in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nice to look at. I mean, I saw Harold Lloyd when we were lost. I mean, I saw people that I wouldn't have known were there. So I felt like it was kind of spirit making me take my time so I could honor other people that are there too. And, you know, it's... You're fortunate to have gone in there with the show because if anybody listening has ever been to Forest Lawn Glendale, they will tell you the Great Mausoleum is like a fortress. You cannot get in there unless you have, you know, a family member in there. Oh, yeah. And now every time I go, well, I just walk. Now I can just walk to where her spot is. And, you know, people think I'm related because I can easily find it. Um, but usually they'll walk me out afterwards once I see it. Like you can't really even look at anyone else. I think it's really unfortunate. I like Hollywood forever because I like to interact <laughs> with the with the sites and I don't know, it brings in money and it's just it's just a great thing all around, I think. They are a lot more welcoming at Hollywood Forever. When I went to Forest Long Glendale, I was fortunate to be with somebody who had the quote-unquote golden key. Mm. We went to see Jean Harlow. We went to see, I mean, and in Jean Harlow's, in her row alone, there's so many stars. We went to see Wallace Reed. I remember him being like way down, downstairs, like three levels down. But this is back in 2008, before Michael Jackson was there, before Elizabeth Taylor was there. Yeah, and I didn't realize Elizabeth Taylor, I believe she's in the same building as Lucille. And I think I walked by her her spot so many times and it took me like my fifth time there to realize I'm like, oh, that was Elizabeth Taylor. Because <laughs> you can't really take your time. So I, I didn't pay attention. I'm like, wow. Right. It's the big angel statue. Yeah. Yeah. That you walk. Yeah. <laughs> like it's right in front of you. Do you think that when you did get to visit Lucille's final resting place in that moment that you let her go? I think in a sense. Yeah. It just made it more real. You haven't let her go in the sense that you're no longer researching her, but you let her go as part of you. I would say so. And a lot of that is I love researching and I, I love trying to educate people. And a fear of mine was, and, and then after the show, I mean, I do like cold case work and I work with actual like investigators on open cases. It's, and I tried to kind of separate the spiritual aspect of my life from me for a little bit because I don't want people to think that any research that I have is purely coming from just me or from what I think happened. I want people to know that my research that I put out is actually from archives. It's not 
I have like this dilemma of that line of I want people to respect me as a historian and a researcher, but I also want people to know that I use intuition too, but like I can separate it, if that makes sense. In your life now, if you see things or touch things from that time period, say 1920s, do you feel anything? Does, does something, does it evoke some emotion or physical feeling in you? Just comfort. And I find that with just old movies too. It's just a comfort feeling. There's a book called Return to Life that I read pieces of years ago. And it's always been on my list to kind of pick it back up. I've got a thousand books I still need to get to. But what I do remember from the parts that I read was that people who feel they've had a past life or can connect themselves to a past life or have repressed memories that came back, they sometimes remember things suddenly when they come in contact with it physically. There was a, a little boy I had read about who believed he had been in a plane crash in World War II, I think. And so his parents took him to a World War II museum and he went up and touched an actual plane from, from that time period, he touched one of the planes and all of a sudden he just rattled off all of these things about how the plane worked and how it was built and things he could not have known as a seven-year-old. And so I was kind of curious as about if that happened to you. I'm sure it did as I was younger because our how my house growing up, it was all antiques. Um, my mom loves old movies. She wasn't, she's not into silent movies. So that's kind of where my mom kind of noticed, okay, like that's strange. Cause I don't, that's like, I don't even watch those. Um, so she did, she could understand how a young kid would have like the attention span to sit and watch like a Chaplin movie or, but they, they always had old, like we had an old sewing machine from the 1920s. Um, that we would just use as like a shelf. So we kind of just always had little knickknacks. I guess I've just always been comfortable around old antiques and it's a comfort feeling. And same with silent movies. It's just, it feels like a hug to me. I like, if I'm having a bad day, I'll put a silent movie on and it's like I'm home kind of feeling. Yeah, I totally get that. What's the most troubling aspect of having a past life or suspecting that you have one trying to let it go um it was really hard as a teenager because i wanted to kind of go back to that that space because i i just love silent movies and it you know she was kind of like this little centerpiece of hollywood she was she knew everybody she was with the chaplains with the pickfords um and mary pickford loved her Mary just absolutely adored Lucille. She did her makeup for the hillbilly. She just really took she took her under her wing. And Mary's the reason why she was one of the baby stars of 1924. Everybody just loved her in Hollywood. And I think I wanted to go back to that, <laughs> like being, being the little doll of Hollywood. What about your friends? You know, as you get 10, 11 years old, even into your teenage years, how do they react around you? I mean, because clearly their interests have to be totally different. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't really talk about it that much. I didn't really go to school that much either. Um, I was really just, I mean, I had friends, but I, I just stayed home a lot. I didn't really talk about any of my feelings, but when I did this show, 
in high school, I mean, everyone thought it was pretty cool, at least to my face. <laughs> um, my teacher showed it in one of in a religions class that I had. Um, I think she still shows it to students whenever they talk about reincarnation. Um, yeah, they took it surprisingly pretty well because I, I grew up in an extremely conservative town. I mean, it's just, it's extremely conservative. So I was, I was prepared to get just slaughtered by, by our town, but I think it went over pretty well. I think I, at the time I, I just owned it and I, watching the show again, I'm kind of like, wow, I was really weird. Like I could just, I, I forgot at as a teenager, I would just talk like I was Lucille. And I did that a lot on the show. Like, well, I did this and I remember he said this to me. And it was really confusing for people filming the show because they're like, wait, are you talking about you or Lucille? Like, and I don't think I could do that now. Like, I don't think I, I'm, I haven't, my brain hasn't worked like that in a long time. Um, it's kind of now just kind of revisiting and seeing like, oh, wow, that I was pretty like, I just didn't see, I didn't, I was just, that was just how I lived. So it, it wasn't shocking to me and it wasn't, it was just so normal that now that I'm out of it, I realize how, how not normal that was. Does Lucille have any living family? I mean, I know she didn't have any children, but cousins, anything like that? Um, I believe one of her nephews is still alive. Um, her brother had twins, twin boys, um, and they had, I, I believe they had a lot of children. Um, we haven't reached out to any of them. We're hoping that they would, we're hoping that once they're comfortable with us, if they ever are, that they can come to us just because we know that it's a strange story. We don't want to, it's just, just, it's just a fine line of, we don't want to feel like we're pushing our narrative down anybody's throats, but also staying kind of neutral so that everybody feels comfortable, if that makes sense. Just to bounce off that a little bit, and I would imagine you have, but have you encountered skeptics? People who come to you and say, there's, there's no way that you are a reincarnated silent film star. Not to my face, <laughs> thankfully. Um, I can kind of ignore all of that stuff because it's just comments on the internet. Um, at the beginning, I did get a lot of stuff. There were some kids in school that would make fun of me, but I, I, I was weird anyway. I mean, I was dressing up in silent movie attire, so it's like it wasn't anything new that anyone could say to me that would have hurt my feelings, so it kind of just slid off my back because I... You know, I was I was the weird kid anyway, and I think having a psychic as a mom in a conservative town really gave me thick skin with coming out, you know, as reincarnation because I, I grew up seeing my mom get kicked out of stores because they thought she was a witch and stuff. So, you know, it was just, I, I have pretty thick skin from just being weird, I guess. Does Lucille still factor into your life now? Absolutely. We did. So me and Connor Frazier, we, he's, he, he's a filmmaker. We originally were going to do a movie about Lucille and I went to Virginia, which is where he lives. And we had such a 
spiritual experience there that we're like we're not meant to do a movie like this is supposed to be something more like i think we're supposed to keep at this it's not something that we're we're gonna do it one time and then release it and it's we're done with it like this is something we actively want to search for lucille is just a very spiritual being and there's something really fascinating with her that we can learn from and i'll probably go on a little bit of a rant but i think with social media we really need to study child stars and what happens with fame to children because now kids don't have to go to hollywood or new york to get famous they can get go viral from their bed or you know it's we really need to study these people and just know how to help our future generation because I think it's pretty scary <laughs> what we're going down in terms of social media because everybody everybody's searching for that validation and for those likes and I, I just think back to child stars and I think back to like Jonathan Brandis and just the, and I'm like man I don't like this fast validation because when it's not there in a couple years what is this gonna do to our gener to you know this generation of kids you do have the Lucille Rickson Foundation what is the goal of that to spread awareness of Lucille's life and to honor her friends and kind of the Hollywood that she knew we kind of want to just spread let's go back to the basics of filmmaking this girl she was making films in the best time that she could be making movies now we kind of stick to a certain way of filming things and there's not as much creativity we kind of want to bring back the child's like the excitement and the innocence of film again most of her films are lost aren't they yes i mean i've been to a lot of film festivals in my time both 40s 50s films silent films i've seen silent films with live piano you name it and i know firsthand from having been to a lot of those festivals that most often they have to really really work with the studio to get the rights to show it and sometimes the studios have these films and they just sit on them i know silent film was also shot in a different way in materials that tend to deteriorate over time but i was just interested to know if that's the case with lucille if her films exist and they're just in a vault somewhere or if they are just lost yeah there are some that are just in a vault um and that kind of started our whole we wanted to use lucille's story we 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 try to stay i don't like to make her whole story into something completely heartbreaking because she was a lot more than that it's a horrible story but she also was a very happy kid. I mean, she really did have movie stars go to her deathbed so that they could be happy about their lives because she was just still such a happy little girl, even while she was dying, that she was bringing happiness to other people. And we wanted to use her story to kind of hopefully kind of guilt trip people. <laughs> Say like, you know, this girl, this child, she died for her movies and we still can't watch them. They're still hidden and locked away until they're gone forever. And that's a problem. Like she died to make those, you know, like we should at least be able to watch it. And 
I mean, it's it's like I said, it's hard not to go into a conspiracy thing because my feeling is she she looked a lot younger in actual video photos. You can manipulate her age more. I feel like maybe that might be a reason why you can't see them or that's me being a conspiracy theorist. But um, there's a couple that are out there. I have a feeling that the hillbilly with Jack Pickford is somewhere um, because it, again, a conspiracy theory. I don't know how a Mary Pickford movie didn't survive when all of her movies did. Mary dressed Lucille for that movie. She helped write that movie. It's really bizarre that it's not anywhere because Pickford saved all of that stuff. Like, why Why did just Lucille's movie not survive? It's, it's just really hard not to go down a rabbit hole and think, is this all intentional? Because why is it that she starred with all of these big stars that most of, because of their siblings, most of their movies survived, except for the one that she was in? That is very odd. Most of Jack's movies survived. I mean, I, you can go on YouTube and watch them. And why did the hillbilly not when Mary wrote it? You know, it's kind of like Mary dressed her up for it. You're like, what happened to it? <laughs> I know a lot of times, you know, even with before Warner Archive existed, there were a lot of films that they just sat on because I think their thought process was nobody's going to buy these films. Nobody cares about these films anymore. There's really no demographic left for this. People want to see you know, the Marvel Universe, that's what people are into now. Nobody's going to pay for a 100-year-old film. There's no more money to be made until Warner Archive came out, and then they did this kind of on-demand thing. But even those were mainly films from the 30s, 40s, 50s. But there is a resurgence now, I, th I feel, of silent film enthusiasts. You know, one day I'm hoping that they discover a whole boatload of Theta Barra movies. Oh, yes. Almost everything she made is gone. And, you know, the classic lost films london after midnight a ton of them were de were destroyed in a fire but you know you're right as someone of the stature of mary pickford um you do not get bigger than her when it comes to silent films and it is hard to believe that something she had a hand in could just vanish and it, it was a huge movie at the time um it kind of revamped jack pickford's career um, and there was so many photos just on the set with Marilyn Miller there and um, Charlotte Pickford, their mom was there the whole time. <laughs> like it was such a big Pickford production that it's just so shocking to me. And it was a big action picture, which was completely kind of new. It was kind of country, rugged, kind of just a new kind of film. So it's surprising to me that and again, it's just hard to, is it because of Lucille or was it just a weird coincidence? But it happens with everything I research with Lucille. It's that one thing that just didn't make it. Like that one magazine with her true story in it, me and Connor, after her death, they did a, a story with her in a magazine with her on the cover about just her life and death. And we found copies of the magazine, but the one that we could not find digital copies of was her issue, just her issue. It's like, why is it always just her? Or people just don't know who she is. Like people don't know who she is and they just haven't digitized anything yet. I mean, that's a very big thing, but it's like, why, <laughs> why is it just her? Yeah, it's frustrating. Oh, it just started us down this. We, we aren't quite sure exactly what we're doing with the foundation. We just know that we had to do something and 
try to just bring awareness and I mean kind of guilt trip people and say you know this girl Hollywood killed her for her movies and we can't even watch them we should at least be able to digitize them and study her to at least you know make her not really die that much in vain because I mean I just find that just so horrible that she died for these movies that we just were letting just deteriorate well we have you know there are other tragic figures like Virginia Rappe who is at the center of the Fatty Arbuckle trial and people who research silent film history everybody knows about that trial pretty much um, so her name is still out there I know years ago there was a documentary I think it was called Girl 27 so I mean I do think there are there's interest in, in stories like this what I would love to see eventually if it's possible to dig up would be like a synopsis of every film Lucille was in yeah I'm, I actually started that a few months ago and that, and that's added to why I'm even more shocked that these films didn't survive just because of they seemed so important at the time and just really big productions that to me is just shocking that they didn't survive. But I guess the problem with her is that she worked with the big names, but it was like the siblings of the big names. So it's, she worked with Chaplin, but Sid Chaplin, you know, it wasn't quite the big star pickford but jack pickford right so like she was that might add to it but yeah the hillbilly just it gets me because mary had there's so many photos of her on set with the director and again she did lucille's hair and makeup and there's just so much of work that they put into that movie for it to not to not exist from what i understand it's just so strange to me because Mary saved everything, or to the best that she could, I guess. So just to circle back, there are no memories left of your time as Lucille? Not new ones, no. Um, the best I can explain is just like how memories we have in just our physical life. You know, you can remember, sometimes you can remember things from when you're four. It's, it's like that with me, just little fragments i haven't gotten anything new um probably since i was 18 or so does that conflict with memories you were forming in your present life like for example when you were five years old as amy you were remembering your time as lucille but did that conflict with you forming memories as amy at that age no because my mom let me just talk you know like if I said um, I believe there is a story that I told when I was younger about a guy that was always drinking coke and stuff like that and my mom would just let me talk about it like oh he seems nice or you know it wasn't I didn't have any like signs in my head that what I was saying was strange it was just very normalized to me Amy, this has been like an awesome conversation. I mean, I was so interested after I saw your episode. Past lives are interesting to me anyway, because I, I do feel like people are very, very complex. And I think there are a lot of things we don't understand about ourselves and what is around us. I don't ever really take things at face value. And I think there's a depth to humanity that 
humanity itself hasn't figured out. And so I was I was really eager to talk to you about this. I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but I appreciate your time today oh, of course. coming on here and, yeah. and talking about it. And it's not an easy thing to be open about. I mean, you're opening yourself up to criticism. You're going to have people who come at you and say, that is ridiculous. We live, we die, and there's blackness afterwards. And I can see how that may make a person hesitant to say anything about you know, feelings they have that they had been someone else. So I do appreciate your time today. Yeah, I think Lucille's story is really important. And it's something that I wish we'll get just get more traffic on. I, I think it's just I, I hope we just get we can get the ball rolling and get her face out there and kind of like I said, just kind of guilt trip <laughs> the media a little bit and say, you know what, there's this girl that nobody even silent film historians don't even really know about her. So really how anyone from the public could know. Um, it's, I just want to spread awareness. It's even silent historians that I meet and tell her, tell them about her. They can't believe they're like, really? Like, wow. <laughs> like, I've never heard of this girl. It's like, yeah, she was the center of Hollywood at one point, but. So how would somebody follow along with you if they, if they want to learn more about Lucille or the foundation? Um, probably just go to the Lucille Rickson Foundation page or I guess, I mean, my Facebook at just Amy Pierce. Um, just send me a message first, though, so I know, like, <laughs> where where you're coming from. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty low on, I don't really go on social media or anything too much, but I love interacting with people. Amy, thank you again for, for coming on. You can still seek out Amy's episode on The Ghost Inside My Child. It is on YouTube. I originally saw it on A&E, but you can find it on YouTube and, and watch it. And, um, you know, if you want to learn more about Lucille, there is information on online, but be sure to follow the Lucille Rickson Foundation. Look up Amy on Facebook and uh, learn something new. Lucille was an interesting, interesting girl and she shouldn't be forgotten. This has been Gaslights. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time for another interesting story.